Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David, your host, as always. Great show. I see news, the editorial opinion show for the cannabis industry. We're back with Dave Belsky of Flower Hire. He was great before. He's great again. Check out the video. The backdrop is beautiful. Thanks for joining us, guys. You could have been anywhere, and you're here with us. I appreciate that. I learned a ton. You'll learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Mr. Belsky. Brandon. Thanks for joining us again, man. Hey. I have to say, how many of these we've done now, Eric? Six, five? This is number seven? Of all the guests we've had on IC News, not the original show, right? I'm not gassing you up that much yet. But of the IC News programs, you're my favorite guest so far. And it's not close. Um, and I think that's because you touch so many different companies all day, every day. So everybody knows you founded Flower Hire, executive search, executive recruiting, cannabis industry. Very hot time for you, both hiring and firing. Um, but welcome, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Just shaking off uh, MJ Biz last week. Yes, we both were in MJ Biz. How many days did you? What you did the whole thing? Uh, we were, we were there. I was there four days. Which that is, is a lot of Vegas. Yeah, any any time in in Vegas, you're you're better suited being in and out. I know? can only do one night, and I spent that night with you. That sounds worse than it is, or better, better than it than it was actually. But we had some good times. Yeah, we had some good times. Um, we've become fast friends, which Absolutely. I appreciate. I appreciate a lot. I've been told that I should be choppy today, and we should keep it tight. So keep I'm going to do my best. Lot to cover. Lot All right, to cover. MJ Biz reactions. You went there with specific goals in mind, which are to to uh, catch up with with existing friends and customers and clients to uh, to find new ones and just check out what's happening in the industry and the overall vibe and. How well did it satisfy those goals, those needs? Uh, I think better than expected. You know, just based on what's been in the news and everything, um, you know, about you know valuations and lack of capital and and layoffs. So, you know, I, I I was, you know, expecting there could be a somber mood, but um, it wasn't at all. And I wonder if that means everybody's just spending the last little bit of their budget there. And they're like, eh, let's well, go they, out they, with they a probably big locked raw. it in like six, seven right, right, months right, right, ago. Right, 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 totally. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was, you know, last year was about like lavish uh, penthouse parties with brands celebrating, you know, Themselves. capital raised. And, <laughs> and there, there maybe was a little bit of that. But um, in, in last year, was, there was a lot of, you know, people that said they were Canadian investors walking around, like puffing their chest out. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a lot less, less of that. Less of that this yeah, year, for yeah. sure. So was it productive for you? Uh, it was it was incredibly productive. You know, yeah. I went, I took the entire flower hire team, and you know, it was whenever you're taking the whole team somewhere and you're not on the desk for three days, you got to be careful. But we, I mean, the whole industry was there and our clients were there, so we weren't going to yeah. be able to do anything anyway. And you know, we divided and, and conquered, and and um, you know, we're still kind of sifting through the aftermath right now of what exactly who we met, but um, but it was definitely worth being there. I went for one night. Um, I'm glad I went. This is my fifth MJ biz, I think. And look, I think it's a healthy maturation of the industry that not everybody from every side of the industry was there. And I think what that means is we've become big enough that like there's a lot of conferences 
And it's okay if you weren't in Vegas this year, I think. I know a lot of people that are LA-based, that are California-based, they're like, look, we, we just didn't make the push this year, you know? And look, you guys deal with companies all over the country, so it makes a difference for you. But if you're a California cannabis company, like, you really got to be careful about what your goals are and what you're doing there. Like you said, I love how you started. It was like we had these specific reasons for going, and it was very productive, right? right? Well, I, I get the impression that there were people there from most companies, but it wasn't everybody. It was the people that absolutely had to go. Yeah, the sales guys, the, the marketing or, or, people. Or they're like talking to their investors or, or you know, people were still in town, but it wasn't like we're going to take the whole team there and spend $175,000 on a, on a penthouse and flying everyone out there. And Which, again, I think is a healthy maturation because that's how, well, I'll give you a good example. My old company, OnFleet. Um, who has a large number of cannabis customers, but also has customers in all kinds of delivery verticals, they set the sales team. You know, they got a table, they set right. the sales team. It wasn't like... Work the booth. And they go to shit all over the place. Right. They go to retail world, they go to delivery this, delivery... You know, it's just another conference yeah. for them. And and I think that's rad. Yeah, It's not like, oh my God, weed's here. But right, right. the scale of it should not be understated. I mean, it is yeah. massive. Well, it is the biggest cannabis trade show that, yeah. that there is yeah. and just the you know there's there's different parts to mj biz one is the trade show which i didn't spend a ton of time on i was there for about two and a half hours and had some very specific people to meet with but the the size and scope of the trade show was enormous you filled up the entire Crazy. south hall of the convention center there was over a thousand in, booths i walked in for the first time and i was like oh okay this isn't that crazy and then that was just the check-in lobby right right I mean, it was it was absolutely it was massive, and there was companies that spent a ton of money on their display. I mean, it was you had full demos of processing equipment, and you know, tons of things hanging from the rafters. You know, it was uh, the the trade show itself. I guess was was how many was times legitimate. have you been? How many years have you? This been? is the third year. Even in those three years. Oh, I mean, it's double the size it was last year. It's double just from, last just, year. Just from a footprint I know, standpoint. Yeah. What somebody said there's a hundred thousand people, something like that, dedicated for the conference. Yeah, yeah I, which I, sounded I don't like know. a huge number to me, and there was a ton of people. But then an Uber driver told me that there was a cowboy convention in town. Two hundred and forty thousand yeah. cowboys. Vegas mixing cowboys and cannabis. You know, Insane. only only Las Vegas. What well done. Dude, one time I was in a hotel, not going to either conference, and they had accidentally booked an AA convention and a wine convention in the same hotel. Oh man, it was so hilarious. Oh, that is, that is awful. It was really but, funny. But I mean, I think that the trade show is, is part of it, but the idea is that it, you know, certain, and did for this time, more curated representatives from different companies come to town. Like it brings the industry to town, right? And and so obviously people go to like, if I need to buy a new machine or or packaging or, or whatever, you go to the trade show. But, but um, you know, the other thing is it just brings the industry together. And I think even though, yes, people didn't need an excuse to go and some people didn't go and and that's that's good it still brings the industry together more than any event that that i think i've been to this year and I, i've also been very selective about which ones i go to because right. there's just too many i agree right. with you and you got people you can send you don't have yeah. to go yeah um exactly i'm sure it's not as productive if you don't go but still yeah well you know, my, my, my team does it does a good job and you know and at the end of the day there you know things people were met there that I should know, then, then they'll do a good enough job of selling what we do and selling our service and setting up a follow-up. Well, so. we've talked about this before, but the structure of your business lends itself to they have to be productive, right? So 
it's all good, you know. We're talking about sales guys. Anyway, that's kind of a good lead in to what I want to talk about next, which is one of the reasons that people go to MJ Biz is to get this sort of national exposure to cannabis. We're so inundated over and over and over again with California, California, California. And look, California is a huge country. It's a huge cannabis market. It is. It's a huge country. This is California. I, I don't when I go places, I don't tell people I'm American. I say I'm Californian because it's different. From the country of California. I don't know anybody from Oklahoma, you know? No. But apparently they have 2,000 dispensaries that are going to be open by the end of next year. Okay. But as you know, opening a dispensary means nothing. No. Opening a restaurant means nothing. Like, are you going to make it? Right. Retail's hard. Retail's hard. Hard, right? So... Everybody reads the headlines. Everybody knows, you know, Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, medical stuff. Like, when you look at the national, how important is it relative to California? I mean, you got to be a little biased, at least. Right, well, I mean, I think California is, is and will continue to always be the largest legal marketplace for cannabis um, in the country, no matter what happens in other states. But in the world, maybe? Um I mean, I don't know. I, I saw something that said, like, there's a, a city in India that's the number one cannabis-consuming city in the world already. Or So I, I don't know. Well, illegal. Um, well, well, I think, right? you know, California's always been thought of as, like, the brands that are going to shape the national and global cannabis industry are going to emerge in California, and, and only time will tell if that's actually but the that's case. But that's true of all the other industries, of entertainment, of technology. What else? Like, right. we set all the trends. Right, so. it's true. Yeah. You know, that's I, a, I mean, that sounds arrogant, I know, but if you just look through history, like all the brands are here, you know? Well, not not like the staunchy old guard CPG brands, the Procter and Gambles, and the, but the brands that they buy, the, are. buy the, the yes, the ones that they're being developed 100%. Look, innovation, like innovation, talk, this is innovation. like talking about Altria and Kronos and stuff, yeah. but the at the very top. It's a very small group, a very small room of people that have all the money, right? right? So the question is not where do the Procter and Gambles hang out? Yeah, sure, I don't know. They're fucking in Montauk or something, you know? But they're trying to come to Venice Beach and find the next whatever, and that's us, right? right. <laughs> right. Well, 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 <laughs> uh, it's you. No, I, I, th I think that the, uh, you know, the, the products that cater to like the you know, the millennial and the post-millennial apocalypse of whatever Gen Z or whatever is behind the millennials, like those products are being innovated and created in, yeah. in California in, in yeah. a big way. And, and obviously the big companies need to add those to their portfolio in order to stay relevant. So maybe I should ask the question differently. You talk to a lot of companies, you work with a lot of brands. If you put your head in that headspace, you can spend $10 million next year on marketing in California or you can roll your hand at the dice in Michigan or Nevada or wherever else, right? What do you do? I don't know. I, I think California, and we're kind of seeing this now, has just been overly saturated. There's been a lot of money raised specifically to develop brands in California, too much so based on the size of the legal market right now. And, and so... Uh, I might actually try my hands in other states right now where it's more greenfield and where no one has a strong presence um, than, than put money into California when there's, you know, brands failing and, and, and um, you know, pretty consistently at the moment. Mm -hmm. I, obviously, it depends who you are. I think if you're a little guy, you're probably right. right. Um, Higgs, Oliver Higgins, who's been on yeah. this show. Good product. Great product. He's doing that. 
because he's like, look, everybody's throwing crazy money into California. And I'm going to go to Nevada. I'm going to go to Colorado. And I'm going to be the coolest brand out there. Right. It's a good move, I think. I mean, we'll see how it turns out. Right. But um, he's looking for money, too, if anybody's interested. But um, all right, let's move on to the next topic. Are you ready? Sure. So every there's this narrative right now, and I guess it's more than a narrative. It was all over MJ Biz. The industry is in shambles in a lot of ways. Um, and I can't say it's a surprise for me as a student of industries, not outside of just cannabis. But the question for you is, as a recruiting agency, as an executive search, is anybody hiring still? Yeah, uh, well, the, the short answer is yes, um, there are. Um, and it, it all depends on who you're talking to. And I think at the end of the day, being part of the connective tissue of the industry, I think there is a there is a have and a have nots right now, and the have nots are are, are unfortunately a lot of them are going out of business uh, uh-huh. right now. But the haves may may not be making the capital that they could be making from a profit standpoint if if all regulations normalize. But they're still moving forward, and they're still have money, right? So, um, you know, companies are break are down the percentage hired. there. What percentage of the industry do you think? I like the way you put it: the haves and the have nots. What percentage do you think that breaks down to? I think you're looking at like ten percent have and, and the rest have not at the moment. Okay. If you're looking at sheer numbers, if so you look it's at like, like the rest of the world. Yeah. If you're if you're well, <laughs> if you're looking at the brands that were like at Hall of Flowers as an example of which ones there are sufficiently capitalized and are gonna be around in, in twelve months and, and have a growth story to talk about, it's it's not much. Yeah. You know. Well, I've said on this show and many other times that there's this like fight for the soul of the cannabis industry, right? Between these two sides. But the more and more I see it, it feels like one side is using this narrative as a crutch because they're not fill in the blank. They're not good enough. They didn't raise enough money. They're not this. They're not that, which in business are just all excuses, right? Am I wrong? I mean, I think that... Um you know, of, of any industry that's ever emerged, you know, there's always challenges and cannabis is plenty of challenges. And, and that blank could be they don't know how to raise capital and haven't been able to do so because it's unfamiliar to them. The blank could be the regulations in this state are set up in a way that we can't even run a profitable business. Or but some people or, are. Or, or the blank could be we're running a profitable business, but retailers aren't even paying their bills. So yeah. on paper, the money we have, we don't have. We yes. can't pay our suppliers or pay our staff because of that. And so we're forced to raise money even though we shouldn't have to, right? There, there's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of that. And I think that, um, but see, look, those three elements you just listed, they're relevant, but they're relevant. Like on Monday morning at the team meeting, they're not relevant in the scope of like cannabis and the future. And I'll tell you why, because, in every other industry, there's 5 or 10% of people that do well. And those industries have their own challenges. You don't think distributing alcohol is hard? Like, Jesus, you know? Um, but they figured it out. And the best ones did it well and got rich. And I, I guess I just don't see it that differently. And it's easy to say, cannabis is hard. Right. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, I also think that, like, there's a lot of excitement around legalization. People that have been, you know, living the cannabis lifestyle for a long time. And, and there you go. That's the answer. And it's just not enough to be part of the lifestyle to actually make it in the legal market right. at all. You right. know, um, you, you and so yeah. what a lot of people have done 
cushy punch we talked about last time. Now we got this article that came about Lowell's. Well, you read the article more closely than I did. What what did it say exactly? Uh, it said something like, um, you know, the, the California Department of Agriculture is, uh, um, you know, inv- suing Lowell or investigating Lowell to destroy some of their products because some of it was not sourced from the legal market and therefore unfair competitive advantage. But it was more of a highlight. I didn't read the actual article. Got it. I read the summary. Well, we probably should read the article next time, but we're here now. And what it sounds like to me is they took some legal tested weed, mixed in some not tested weed, and made whatever products came out of that beautiful mix. Now, if we're talking about a consumer safety perspective, it's not really an issue because... I know the weed that's grown in California, and I refuse to believe that Lowell's is growing shitty weed because some of it's being tested and working well, right? But the key is they weren't able to make it pencil above the line, right? Wherever the supply chain was too expensive for them, they fell through, right? They, they couldn't make it work with those numbers. And so they've done what Cushy Punch has done, what I'm sure a lot of others have come, I'm sure a lot more of these reports are going to come out of companies that, you know, did what they needed to do to stay alive. And you can say that it's their fault. It's really a systemic problem. It's a tax and overregulation problem. But this is going to keep happening. One has to think this is a strong indicator for why the Lowell's Cafe is not the Lowell's Cafe anymore. They've obviously got a lot of moving things going on over there. I'm not going to ask you to comment too deeply. I know that they uh, they work with you sometimes, so I don't want to put you in awkward well, well, position. Well, I think at the end of the day, like you just it, you know, you no one knows what the real truth is, and either you know, and and there's this, yeah, nobody this knows. industry has a lot of. A lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit, but a lot of haves and have-nots and people that are have-nots that come after the ones that have the haves. And so you mm-hmm. don't know what the truth really is. But I think, generally speaking, there are likely that, you know, you know, Cushy Punch is not the only one that's right. doing the same thing. Right. You know, um, whether it's ag- egregious or not, right? So As the police drive below us currently. Right. Anyway. Well, they, they don't know, they don't know we're, we're, what we're doing in here. So, um, we're, we're so <laughs> look, this is a classic moral debate. Do I steal bread to feed my family? And what do you say? Do you sell illegal weed to feed your family to keep it alive? I mean, I think it, I think at the end of the day, like people in the industry can do what they have to do to survive, as right? they've been doing for, as they've been doing for a long time. Yeah. And and so there's there's always like the people that have been used to living that way anyway. Of course, the people that approach this industry and are trying to play by the rules and are only in it because it's now legal, you know, I think there's a huge moral dilemma with those folks, you know, and, and uh, I think from what I could tell, a lot of them, you know, are, are not trying to operate that way. And they, and maybe it, to their detriment, they can't actually deliver the story they say they can. I mean, um, so along those lines, what can we do about this? I mean, we live in a democracy California is more like a socialist republic. But if we're talking about the U.S., we live in a democracy. So we're supposed to have the ability to change these things, to say we believe cannabis should be cheaper for the end recipient, which is going to save this industry. So 
one of the big linchpins here, obviously, is federal legalization. Decriminalization would be a big step as well. Banking would be a big step. Whatever else Mitch McConnell wants to peel off the bottom of his desk would be great. But what's going to happen in the next year or 18 months? Does it matter who's elected president? And maybe we can go through some of them. I mean, Biden doesn't seem to like weed, right? No. So it seems like if Biden gets elected, nothing's happening. No changes. That's the way I see it. I think, do you know how um, how Bloomberg feels about weed? Uh, well, Bloomberg, I think he recently announced that he's for legalization, okay. which was against what he had said before, but he said okay. it's, it's basically my thinking on the plan has evolved. His money must have given him a little amnesia. <laughs> well, it's possible he also realized he's running the Democratic Party. The Democrats overwhelmingly are in favor of, of cannabis legalization. Yes. And it could be just a... Uh, it's just a ploy for votes. I mean, let's let's be serious. Who knows what these guys are actually going to do once elected? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a whole different whole different story. Totally. So Bloomberg at least says he's for it. Yeah. Full legalization or decriminalization? I think the, b- both. Both, yeah. Sweet. So Trumpito has really never said anything about weed. No. Um, part of me thinks he may use it as like a last gasp to try to right. get people like you and I to vote for him. Um, heard that. I've heard that. I don't know that. I mean, I'm not sure he's even smart enough to execute that, but who knows? Maybe we'll get one of those big, bold, sharpie signatures about weed. That'd be cool. Honestly, if Trump, as terrible as Trumpito is, if his final days are legalizing cannabis in the U.S., how are you going to feel about Trump? <laughs> um... I mean, I, I I wouldn't say I would be I'd be healed because I wouldn't by the by the trauma of of the of the four years, but uh, I think I'd feel better about it all. Yeah, like there was something. And if you look in history, it. like look, he's a shithead. He yeah. says stupid things. He's maybe the worst businessman in the history of America. Um, but but who else even has a shot? Um, Mayor Pete. Uh, I'm sure I, no, he's pro weed. He, well, he doesn't have. A sh- I mean, he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a chance. Who else has a real chance? I mean, Elizabeth Warren? Bernie? Bernie? They Bernie. don't have a real shot, though. Bernie doesn't have a real chance, um, does he? And, I mean, and Lizzie? Does Lizzie Pocahontas, she have a shot? Pocahontas. You, you sound like Trump, man. Well, but she's an idiot. I know that's a Trump nickname. She, I think that's the best part about she, Trump. I love his nickname. She, 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 she appeals. I mean, she's got some some ideas that are, are good for, you know, the masses and... Uh, I don't know if she has a shot, though. She doesn't have a shot. But we said that about Trump, so you never know. Yeah, but um, but see, I think she's, she's definitely Trump. Trump's on the a pro fucking side. chameleon, and he tells everybody what they want to hear. Lizzie is a diehard socialist, and one thing is clear: if you look through the history of American politics, we're not interested in socialism. No, like she'll, yeah, and then some of her what she said. She's almost unelectable how far the end of the spectrum she is. It's not going to be Elizabeth Warren, I can tell you that. Maybe it'll be AOC in like 20 years. Anyway, let's talk about the taxes. Um, So specifically, we talked about this black market issue, but there is new taxes coming to California in 2020. What are they raising? Another 4%, something like that? This is insanity, man. We're already not surviving in this industry. And it, it starts to appear as if 
the powers that be don't want cannabis to work in California because if anybody is looking at this, the czar, what's her name? Um, uh, what's her name? Lori Ajax. If she's looking at this from a 30,000-foot perspective, and I know she's not queen, but still, you cannot say that what the state has done is in promotion of cannabis. It's just not. Come on. They're just milking it and milking and milking it. What they don't realize is that they're taking an increasingly bigger piece of an increasingly shrinking pie. They just are. Do you want this much of a huge, of a $20 billion market, or do you want this much of a $5 billion market? You tell me, Lori Ajax, and if you want to come on this show and talk about it, let's talk about economics and business and how this works. And don't tell me that it's hard because it's weed. This is California. This is a France. We're in goddamn France here. Like, we can do whatever. Anyway, I'm going to stop ranting now. But I think I know how you feel. Let me ask a more poignant question. What's this going to mean for your customers, for your clients that you work for every day and need money to pay you to place people? Raising the taxes yet again. Are you hearing about this? Are you feeling this pain yet? Yeah, well, it's almost like it's it's just this era of it almost being incredulous. Um, like, so I think it's, is it out of touch? Is it, are they trying to raise more money to step up enforcement on the illicit market? Or is it a little bit more enforcement happening? Um, or, 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 you know, I don't, I, no one can really fathom why. I think part of it too is the industry does lack a, a unified voice. You know, you saw the response to the vape gate crisis and some brands actually got together and, and went to Sacramento and tried to explain, you know, that vaping wasn't the enemy and it's not going anywhere. So it'll make the problem worse. And I think it had some success in getting that message across. But I think generally speaking, you know, there are some lobbying groups, you know, NCIA and things of that nature, but the, but California specifically doesn't have a good enough, you know, cohesion amongst operators in the industry to promote similar messaging and, and clearly to get that across mm-hmm. in terms of what the legal industry needs to survive, mm-hmm. right? Or you have politicians that are just out of touch and rubber stamping, right? And and who who makes those decisions, right? Who's the um, the woman that, uh, the head of the banking in California or whatever, we saw her speak at the thing. Can't remember her name. Very well-spoken. She was recently elected to this position, which basically is Fiona Ma. Fiona, yeah. I don't know exactly what her title is, but it's like, Chief Finance Cannabis State, something, I don't know, like that. She deals with the money in cannabis in California. And she stood up in front of a group of decision makers in cannabis and said, if you need a bank account, call me. And producer Eric called her, followed up, sent her multiple emails. Guess what? She doesn't have any bank accounts. So when that kind of stuff happens, it just makes me feel dirty. It just makes me feel like, what are we actually doing here? Because I'm a capitalist at heart. That's my number one priority. I'm not a touchy-feely, you know, kind of Californian. I'm about money, and they're fucking up the money for everybody. I mean, they're just doing a bad job. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they are doing a bad job. I mean, look at the taxes. I mean, at the end of the day, they raise taxes... A little bit. They didn't raise it a ton, but they're already higher than you know they are in other states, and they're already you know ridiculous, right? But but they they have the opportunity to create a state sanctioned bank to support this industry if they're really serious about it, and they don't, and they and they, and they haven't done it. It's been maybe it's been introduced, well, but going it, on two it years, go it's been legal. Yeah, 
and and brands still can't get paid from retailers. It's all cash. It's a joke. It's it's ridiculous. Joke. I mean, I think the biggest challenges in the industry right now around that are like, you know, like how, how much does MedMen as as the top retailer in the state owe brands? Probably, you know, from a from a payable standpoint, got to owe forty fifty million dollars, right? Obviously, they're they've got another line of credit, and they're still around and and hopefully going to be around. Um, but but I think just getting money to move through the system, like it's it's. It's unwritten. The state hasn't isn't helping because those taxes are owed. Yep. You know, despite yeah, what percentage of, what, of our taxes we collect last year in cannabis, like twelve percent or something, something ridiculously low. I don't know what it is. Somebody quote me, but I just um, it's crazy. It's so crazy that I'm almost sure that somewhere in some small boardroom, they're deciding, you know. We don't really need to have more weed everywhere. There's weed already everywhere, man, right? Like, everybody wants this. And I think they're nervous. Like, is the whole California just going to be one big nug? You know, are we just going to be walking down the street? Because you know what happens is there's oversupply issues, too. Then we got people dumping weed in rivers in Canada and, like, fixing the price like it's maple syrup. Like, it's crazy, man. And I think California, they're a little nervous about it. Like, they don't... It's It's crazy what's going on right now you know anyway maybe the alcohol lobby is is lobbying i'm not sure you hear about alcohol lobby or the pharmaceutical lobby i mean you know at the end of the day no matter what happens on the federal side like pharma industry is going to have its its say in how the final uh, final regs are are written it's definitely not going anywhere but they're going to make it very hard for small producers to survive from a on a national scale on a national scale yes i mean look nationally there are 100 things that need to be figured out, right? But in California, we have an opportunity to really do it the right way. And you've already seen in certain municipalities where they've really fucked it up. Like Oakland really fucked it up. And LA is in the process of fucking it up, you know? Like how can you have a regulated market in which you let illegal actors thrive? Come on. Like I'm talking to you, Weed Maps, you know? Like, well, I mean, they're, they're all saying they're acquiescing. It's just slow. I, mean, I know, you but, know, but doesn't that and, and, and LA just raided 10, you know, illegal or said that they raided 10 illegal shops and shut them down, yeah. you know, last week. And, you know, Weed Map's supposed to, you know, by the by now is supposed to have all of her, it's just deliveries have to be licensed, right? Um, I guess I just wonder, and there's no right answer to this question, how much of that is lip service? Right. We just don't know. We just don't know. And that's kind of the thing that bothers me a little bit. Um, All right. We got any other... uh, In California, you're you're turning a a, a freighter. You're turning a giant cannabis community and industry that's lived under the shadows, right? So it's it's bumpy. You know, I, I do see... You know, California is going to struggle. You know, over the next three to six months, you'll see more things going out of business and all that. But I do think, you know, Great Lakes, East Coast, these emerging cannabis markets. There's actually, from a regulatory framework, a path to profitability. You know, and so I think you'll see more capital being raised in the for those states, probably before California again in mass. And and you know, um, there'll be a real balance in power as California kind of lumbers through and figures it, figures it all out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they will figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. That's how industries work. They they self-correct right. at it some just, point. You know, when you're going through it, it, it takes 10, 10 plus years. When you're going through it, it you know, it's uh, 
Uh, yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah. Uh, I want to end the show. This was really fun, by the way, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing it again at your beautiful office. I just want to appreciate where we are, too. Yeah. We used to do this show in a basement in in San Francisco that somebody like let us have. And right. it's just a cool moment for us to be here with you. And look at this view, man. Like, life yeah. is good. We're, 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 we're lucky to we're, have it. Yeah, man. really. I don't use the word blessed because I don't believe in God, but we're blessed. We're blessed. Like, that's just the blessed truth. this moment to be sitting here talking that's, about that's this industry and, and trying to. I want to end the show with just a little update because last time we talked a lot about Vapegate. Um, and I got some messages where people were pretty concerned, as they should be. I mean, this is their livelihood. Um, but I just pulled up a little bit of data because you asked the question about what happened to Vapegate. And so um, according to the Center for Disease Control, CDC, there have been almost 2,300 confirmed cases of e-cigarette or vaping product use associated with lung injury, this E-V-A-L-I, leading to 48 deaths. And most of them, they believe, came from the black market. So I just want to put things in perspective, as we did before. We're talking about less than 50 people that have died from this. And as a result, sales of vapes and these brands have waned. I mean, 10, 20% in some reports. Edible sales are up because people are worried about vaping. I would venture to say that flower sales went up a little bit, too. I've certainly thought about like, hmm, maybe I should, I mean, as I have a vape in my hand at the moment, but like I should maybe vape less, you know, or like find an alternative, that kind of thing. How has it come down from your clients, from people you talk to? Are they recovering? Are they rebounding? Or is still still heavy? Uh, I think anything uh, vaping related is is still struggling mm-hmm. uh, big time. And I think that was also part of the industry with the most saturation of brands, you know, uh, Eight, eight, a couple of months ago, I heard 800 actual vaping vape brands, whether it was a cartridge or a all-in-one, right? Um, and you see some companies that are doing that are more used to just having a, a terpy distillate pen going in, into like a live resin and trying to get that going, which tends to be more in in you know in the consumer trends and 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 viewed as as safer, right? Um, but I don't think vaping has recovered. Um, I think the the bleeding has stopped and it's and it's kind of lumbering along. But I think it's it's unfortunately etched in the psyche of a lot of consumers. Like, is this really safe for me? Should I just be smoking flour? And Honestly, for, for better or worse, you know. This is such slander. I don't know who started this story, but at that time there were probably like two people that died from this, and they've completely disrupted an industry. Um, I think that that's culpable. Right. Like, I think that's so wrong. Well, well, there's definitely a mass manipulation of popular opinion yeah. orchestrated by people above my pay grade, yeah. you know, to like carry that story and, and keep it going. I mean, it's no different than some of these other things. Like if you eat McDonald's all day, every day, am I supposed to believe that you were surprised that McDonald's is unhealthy for you? If you drink Patron tequila all day and then at night, you should be surprised that you don't feel good or that you have liver disease or if you smoke cigarettes, you're, I mean, on and on and on, right? And so, yes, if you are getting more vape than oxygen, you're probably going to have a problem. But if you know you're an adult, 
Right. And you use things in moderation, not even in great moderation, but yeah. just, you know, like yeah. not more. Don't, don't not, be the outlier. Yes. Don't be the outlier. Right. Yeah. Don't be the statistic that dies. Right. right. It's okay. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like use your judgment. Make good choices. We're not right. talking about kids. Don't market to kids. Kids right. can't have these products. End of story. Right. But for adults, like, don't tell me that vaping's bad. I know vaping's bad, you know? But it's not that bad. <laughs> it's just not. Right. Well, well, I mean, it's, it's the thing about it is technologies, you know, and, and the technology didn't exist 10 years ago, and, and it was... What, maybe it was, wasn't marketed as such, but it could have been, and it was definitely perceived as being a lot safer, right? And, and so I think most people, based on common sense, would would understand that breathing air is probably much safer than breathing a vape through a vape. But um, do you want a do you want a celebratory vape while we're while we're commenting? That's a raw garden purple punch. Purple punch. It's pretty nice. It's pretty good. It's December. Christmas is upon us. You have a beautiful family. Three kids? Four. Four, Four. kids. Yeah. So don't say them because that's the obvious answer. But as you look into 2020, what are you most excited about? Well, I don't... Uh, this industry's not going anywhere. And, and just there's something about being part of something where it feels like you're succeeding yet going out of business at the same time. It's just exciting. And it's just being at the ground floor of history and, and knowing that looking back at this and, you know, as a, as a gray haired man and, you know, and that I was part of something that is never going to be done before. I'm excited to continue to experience it at the end of the day. I'm excited to bring positivity to this industry every day and connect good people and, um, and try to build the stories that are going to last until tomorrow. I'm excited about coming into work every day and, and being part of this, you know? Um, and again, it's going to be tough and it's going to probably be really tough in California for at least the first part of not half, if not all of next year for operators in the space, but, but it's not going anywhere. Right. And, and the sun is still rising and anyone that's been part of this industry and in its legal form in any way is incredibly marketable um, to other places in this industry and just helping them find their, their path, you know, as something I, I view as a calling and I, and I really enjoy, you know, putting folks in here that, you know, really embody the values of this industry and, and, you know, want to see it succeed. Very, very cool. Well said. Uh, I think I'm most excited about in the cannabis industry that shit's about to get real. <laughs> it's not, I think it's real already. No, man. The economy hasn't even turned yet. Right. Wait until we're in this bootstrapped, terrible industry and then the bottom of the economy falls out. You know how cheap everything's going to be? I'm going to come back in with a big pot of gold. I mean, it's this it's, is called investing in cannabis, and so that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. That's the game plan, folks. Save your cash. Right, it's gonna get real. Yeah. There's gonna be. I mean, yeah, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of you know buying opportunities. In, sure in are. That, in that, what do you want to buy? I don't know yet. Lowell? <laughs> I'm kidding. This was fun, man. Thanks yeah. again. Let's right. do it again All soon. Right. Sounds good.